An email from Renee. I have been struggling at work with a positive attitude. It seems more work is being piled on us, and my job, like others, we are seeing nationwide seems to rarely find the funds to give an increase in yearly salary. I feel like I'm doing twice as much work as I did a couple years ago with even less pay. Definitely more stress. I wake up every day and ask God for a positive attitude and to not complain. Some days are better than others. Do you have any help for me? Oof. Yeah, I, I, I feel that question. It's a great question. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people can identify with with certain elements of the question. So, uh, Renee, thank you so much for uh, seeking to honor yeah. God in this area um, because it's really tough. And I think we can all agree that when we want to honor God, it's kind of conflicting with what we think we want to do or what we should do. So, uh, hey, Brian, can, can we help? Uh, I, yeah. I don't think we can make her boss better, but the Bible does give us some pretty helpful principles uh, and, and hopefully a new perspective, and those can help us a lot. Yeah, and if we have the wrong perspective about work, I mean, you think about what it can lead to. It can lead to envy or laziness or ruthlessness or cheating or becoming a workaholic and making work your God. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a really big deal that we think through this one biblically. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's dig into this, shall we? Let's do it. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. Hey, Brian. Hey, how are you doing, Taylor? Not too bad. Um, can, we, can, can, I, can I say that my family and I just got over COVID? Is it okay to say that? You can because okay. our schedule has been super consistent for a, quite a while until this past month. Yep. But there were some circumstances. Yep. Um, woof. <laughs> oh, gosh. It is. My wife had it. I had it. One of our daughters had it. The other two um, were great. <laughs> but, man, it is. It, it was hard work taking care of everybody else and yourself that was difficult while you have no energy while you have no energy whatsoever but you got to do it right so like yeah. it's almost kind of a suck it up and just take care of your family yeah. mentality but it's, it's it's still tough yeah now you thought you had it like a long time ago yeah maybe back before we even knew what it was like maybe february wow uh, a year ago is when if i had it it was then um, there you, know, you go. You're feeling, you're feeling okay now? No like, yeah. major residual effects yeah. or but symptoms? But I did for, for two weeks after that sickness, I had to go home and take a nap um, every day, which is just so weird. And now as you and others describe the experience, yeah. that seems familiar. Oh, well, there you're, you go. You're talking, you were talking about just running into a brick wall every afternoon. Yeah, 1 o'clock, I'm done. I, I have to force myself, and it's just it's so bizarre. Well, we better get started before we, we hit we one o'clock. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if you hear Taylor snoring, you know he hit the wall. So well, glad you got glad you guys are are better, even though yeah. I pray that you guys can get your energy back. It's all the post it's the post COVID symptoms that are weird, yeah. you know, trying yeah. to get through. Uh, work. So we're talking about work yeah. today in this episode. So what is what is the roughest job you've ever had? Who um you know I think we may do a little fun bonus episode of, of bad or weird jobs. Yeah. Uh, but just quickly to answer, it was working at Cracker Barrel. And it's, <laughs> it's not because it should have been. Right. It's just I had a terrible boss. 
And if you have a terrible boss, yeah. your job's terrible. Yeah, people say things like, you know, healthy pastors lead to healthy churches. Well, mm-hmm. healthy bosses lead to a healthy business with happy employees. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, was, he was not only illegal in his dealings with, like, not giving breaks. Mm. Like, I, I one time worked a 10 hours straight, like, on my feet, busting tables. Wow. And finally, and finally worked up the courage <laughs> in my meager self to be like, um, Missouri state law says that after <laughs> six hours, you're supposed to get a break. But he's also just kind of snide and yeah, snippy and looking for things. So all of it was just not good. Gotcha. I've, I've, I've had good bosses. Good. That was the end of that statement. Wow. I've, I've had good bosses. Okay. <laughs> but we're, we're going to look at four biblical principles um, with how we should think about and deal with work. Right. Whether you have a good boss or bad boss or whatever, we think having the right perspective yeah. about work is so important. So principle number one is work is part of God's plan. So in Genesis, what is God doing? He's creating. He's working. Yeah. Yeah. So the first bit we see of God is of God working, and he's creating this creation that needs to be worked. Yeah. So like he... When God makes Adam, he says, you're going to work the fields. Mm-hmm. So work doesn't come after the fall. Work is actually integral to our design and God's intention for making us. Yeah, I think that's worth just like repeating that idea that even in the paradise garden that we yeah. think about perfection, mm-hmm. work was part of the deal. Right, because we think of like, oh, we're fixing things. No, no, work mm-hmm. is integral to the design. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when I first realized that, that was kind of a game changer for me because mm. I had just always thought about work being after the fall mm. and like, okay, now sin and there's a curse on the earth. So now we got to start working these thorns. Right. <laughs> but Adam was working before that. And I just think that's really important to understand God's design there. And I think that you and I would both agree that um, work feels good. That yeah. there, there are moments when you just have a sense of self-satisfaction, which is not inherently wrong, but a job well done, or to complete a task, or to finish a project, or to be working together with somebody else for a similar goal. Uh, There's something in there that just, it feels good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this has implications for what to expect in eternity. That's a whole nother discussion. Yeah, like what what about life after death after life? Yeah, yes, yes. What does that look like? Yeah, what will will we be doing some kind of work in the new heaven and new earth? And I think we will uh, probably. I don't don't think it's the idea of us just singing, you know, nonstop. With our... Halos, Halos and, and angel robes, wings, kind and of floating weirdly around. The end of almost every Tom and Jerry cartoon of them just dissatisfied that they're both in heaven. <laughs> yeah, playing yeah. awful music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I think I think really good work can be part of that. Yeah, and um, you almost just think about like the best job you ever had after a great day. Or I've thought about days after I've left our food pantry. There's a couple times late at night we're tired. We had met all of these needs, and I remember walking out just being like, that was cool. Yeah. And I think that's the the work that we can look forward to in the life to come because it's part of God's design. Definitely. So number two, all work is sacred. What, what, what does that mean, all work is sacred? That, that's very Christianese sounding, yeah. right? It's very yeah. liturgical. Yeah. Well, what, do you, what do we mean by all work is sacred? Yeah, sacred has the idea of spiritual or connected to God. And I guess the opposite would be sometimes we would say secular or Christian, like, um, Mm. 
it's there's one job like if you're if you're collecting trash that's just a secular job that has nothing to do with god right but if you're a priest then that has a lot to do with god <laughs> right. and like there's this big difference between the two and we're saying like not so fast nope nope all work uh ha- is connected to god now maybe there's a few extreme connections of like terrible jobs of like you know like slave owner right um or trafficker um, then right. their work is not sacred. Right. If you're if you're the regional drug lord or or pimp <laughs> yeah. or, or no, we don't we don't think what you're doing is actually sacred. But the concept of work is always sacred. Yes. Yeah. And so they think about the people who take out the trash. Um, their job is sacred because they have all the opportunities uh, that anyone else has to contribute to a flourishing society. And if somebody doesn't take out the trash, we're going to start getting sick. Right. And that's going to be bad for society. And they have the opportunity to honor God even in that work. During this time, I was just reminded of the role of stay-at-home parents who are uh, at the house doing the laundry, keeping the upkeep with everything. Um, that That's work. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we'll think of work as in, oh, I'm getting paid to do this. Yep. But the reality is, no, it's, it's actually just kind of generic responsibilities that we have to make sure that the house runs well. Um, I love doing dishes and laundry, and my wife thinks it's very bizarre (laughs) that I can just do the dishes, I can do the laundry, Um, but that's because there's a book by Brother Lawrence called Practicing the Presence of God, and that it's, in my mind, it's these little moments where I get to kind of have little theological conversations with myself. Oh, just as I'm cleaning this dish, God, I pray that you would clean me. Yeah. Oh, God, as I am ordering the laundry, I pray that you would order my life. Um, and that's not hyper-spiritualizing it. It's just knowing that God is present in those moments. God is present with us in our work. Yeah. So we should probably do it maybe a little bit better, you know, yeah. kind, kind of thinking. Yeah, there's a, a couple of scriptures I want to read. Psalm 147, uh, he strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. Isaiah 28 talks about how a farmer learns how to work the soil. And verse 29 says, all this comes from the Lord Almighty, whose plan is wonderful, whose wisdom is magnificent. So just when we think we figure out the mystery of the universe, we must step back and say, oh, this comes from God. Exodus 31 says, then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. And so what we see in these texts is that God ordains this work of uh, the person uh, who builds the gates to the farmer, to the artist, all contribute to society and all have sacred work that he ordains. And there's kind of like a a secondary underlying conversation of us saying, no, Christians should always support the arts. But that's a different conversation <laughs> for a different day. So uh, number number three, uh, you can give glory to God through your work. Yeah, Ecclesiastes 4, 4 through 6 is important because you can give glory to God or you can kind of mess it all up. Yeah. And that's what uh, Ecclesiastes is getting after. It says, And I saw that all the toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another, This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Mm. I have a a family member um, who uh, 
had kind of learned his lesson the hard way, but for years just chased after kind of climbing the corporate ladder, ended up, you know, managing this mammoth company uh, with all of these attorneys underneath him and would go into the office like at 4 or 4.30 and come home at 11 every day. That wow. was his life. Whoa. And you just think about what is that, what are the implications for your family? Yeah. Uh, for him, the kind of moment was the implications for his health eventually are going to catch up to you. Mm. And and so, but that's that's kind of the norm in many people's work lives is this right. expectation of you climb harder, you climb harder, you climb harder until you drop dead. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that's definitely the kind of idea in our own culture. You and I, you and I have talked about this. We kind of glorify the overworker. Yeah. That we're like, oh nope, you got to work the sun up to sundown, and yeah. if you don't, man, you're not going to be able to provide, and you're not really doing your best. And the reality is, no, that that may not they met, that may not actually be true. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, how how do we give glory by doing good work then? Yeah. Well, Martin Luther has a famous quote, and he talked about this idea a lot. But he said, "The Christian shoemaker does his duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes, because <laughs> God is interested in good craftsmanship." But but Brian, how will I be able to support uh, a company unless I know that they're run by Christians and that they 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 have the fish on their logo? But don't don't I don't I need to support other believers in their vocation and in their work? Well, you can. You can. But maybe buy a shoe that's not going to fall apart in two weeks. Because they're actually blessing you and contributing to human flourishing by making a good shoe. Yeah. And that might be more important than having a cute little cross on it. Yeah. If we're we're (laughs) not careful, we will say, oh, well, I'm paying for the person and not the product. But if I need a new roof... I need a new roof. Yeah. And it need it needs to last and it needs to be durable. And if there's a Christian who has a cross on their logo and a non-Christian who is well renowned in the community for their work, uh, I'm probably going to go with the well-renowned guy who doesn't have a cross on his logo. Yeah. The work should reveal your character, I think. Yes, and I think that's it. I think th- you you glorify God by doing such good work that it does reveal your character. We I'm thinking of a friend of ours from church who uh, is in construction and the the city uh, people who have to come and check the codes have just learned that um, they don't really need to spend much time on his projects because he always does them exactly right. Oh, wow. And I think that's the kind of reputation that we want of Christ followers to do good work. Definitely. But this gives glory by shining a light, if you will. Yeah. And I think that's another way that Wherever you are in your job, you can shine a light. And it doesn't mean that you need to like hand out little tracks to all of your employees, you know, all the time and break (laughs) and go against company policies. But the Great Commission still applies with you and your co employees. And so I think if you show a life of integrity, of kindness, of joyfulness, and and genuine concern for them, then you'll begin to have opportunities. Uh, to, to help them in their lives spiritually as well. So we're circling this idea of biblical ethics, mm-hmm. right? That as Christians, the Bible is either sola scriptura or prima scriptura, right? Mm-hmm. Our revelation of God primarily comes through scripture, but the Bible also contains a lot of really good principles for yeah. daily living, yeah. um, if you will, outside of the church. So we're talking now about 
biblical ethics. What should we do in business? How should we treat our coworkers? How should we even view work? So what are some biblical ethics that we can apply to our daily work life, if you will? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, we just kind of look through the fruit of the Spirit, but here's what gets companies in big trouble and churches and universities um, is when they begin to think our institution is so important that I'm kind of going to sneak past this little ethic. Right. And and the moment that we do that, we've caved in yeah. uh, to a sinful life yeah. um, that jeopardizes everything about what God wants us to do. And so we think about just being honest every time, even if it's going to cost us. It makes me think of the movie The Martian, where they're trying to go and they're trying to save the guy who was left yes. on Mars. And Jeff Daniels' character, one of my favorite actors, yeah. he's like, what if we just skip some of the safety checks? We, we got to get this rocket out there. What if we just skip them? How much time will that save us? And they're like, oh, weeks. And he goes, do it. Yeah. And then it explodes on takeoff. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, man, if, if, if only you would have yeah. taken the checks, then now, now you have even more work to do. Because you didn't do the the appropriate safety kind right. of kind of things, but what does what can happen without biblical ethics then? Because it sounds like we're talking a little bit about that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, mistreatment of people, I'm like on a, even like on a really large scale, oppression, mm. but on a, a smaller scale, just individual heartaches and people who come home just feeling beat up because they can't stand their job and their boss never says thank you. Um, yeah. or their co-employees make their lives miserable and the boss can't go home and sleep well because the employees are making uh, her or his life this uh, vicious cycle. difficult. Yeah, and, but, it, but it can also just lead to um, mi- mistreatment of people who, you know, whole communities yeah. uh, who, who work for an employee or employer that's mistreating them and not being fair or honest and right. And so I do think that the, the Christian has an opportunity to, to go against all of that. You think about Queen Esther, um, she, she risked everything. She risked you know her life in the palace to speak up and do what is right. Yeah. And I think um, we see other biblical kind of heroes do that same thing and people that we respect do that same thing. And if you think about it, your position is your palace. It may feel like a small palace, <laughs> but it, yeah. it is your palace. And and the key is to not bend rules in order to keep your position. So Tim Keller writes this, if you're unwilling to risk your place in the palace for your neighbors, the palace owns you. Ooh, that's, that's good. One more time for the yeah. people in the back. If you're unwilling to risk your palace, I'm sorry, if you're unwilling to risk your place in the palace for your neighbors, the palace owns you. Mm. Your work owns you. Your job owns you because you're not willing to stand up and do what is right. Yeah. You think about how much um, how much mistreatment has happened for females in the workplace yeah. historically. Mm-hmm. And how many times was a joke made or something offhand made or even somebody overlooked because of their gender. And for the guy sitting around who were unwilling to risk their place in the palace. Yeah. So they went along with it. And what that did was it, it demoralized that woman. Mm-hmm. It demoralized the women who would come after her. And it taught all of the men, this is okay. This is how you do it. So it just passed it on down. This kind of inherited 
uh, attitude of sinfulness and, and, and negligence towards your fellow man and fellow woman, even in that regard. Yeah. It makes me think of, um, I forget the minister who said it, but it's like one of the main uh, themes of Scripture is that we don't use people. Mm. Uh, in the workplace, we don't use yeah. people. We love them. We yeah. use tools. We yep. use objects. But to use people is to strip them of their humanity, that they now become an object for us to utilize for our own benefit. I don't want to use my neighbor. Yeah. I'm supposed to love them. Yeah. But in that same way, we need to be careful not to think we can use God in the same manner. Uh, yeah. I think it was Matt Chandler who said, um, uh, be wary of men and women who use God to make much of themselves. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. whole idea of using the right thing is a biblical ethic that we're made to enjoy God. I mean, most catechisms begin with that. What's the purpose of man's life? Enjoy God. And then followed by, and love your neighbor. Yep. So we don't, yep. we don't get to use God. We don't get to use our neighbor because they're not objects. But we also don't get to treat ourselves as objects either by working too hard by ignoring our family's responsibilities that if we are, quote, the breadwinner, and mm-hmm. that's our identity, we're kind of missing a lot of what the gospel is teaching us about the importance of work, but also how Christ's work accomplishes far more than we ever could. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, and the, the fourth principle uh, we just want to spend about 60 seconds on is rest in God will sustain your work. We're not saved by doing a great job. Nope. Nope, and not at all. And uh, if all we think about is doing a great job, it that leads us astray. And that's why in the midst of God working early on, he also establishes the Sabbath yep. so that we can rest in God and find our content and joy in him, not in just doing all the things that we do. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you can work yourself to death and accomplish nothing. Yep, and so just practical point, set aside a time of Sabbath for yourself. Absolutely. And don't Don't work. Yep. Is that weird to say that yeah. in today's culture? Hey, don't work yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. So s- schedule it in, figure out what you're going to do, maybe read for a little bit, go on a walk, play board game with your kids, uh, uh, say a prayer, rest in the Lord, and that'll help you be healthy in your life. So let's echo this back. Here are the four biblical principles we want you to consider when thinking about work. Number one, work is part of God's plan. Number two, all work is sacred. Number three, you can give glory to God through your work. And number four, rest in God will sustain your work. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We bet that you know some people who struggle with work and just want to ask you, would you share this episode with them? Uh, let them know where they can find it. Uh, encourage people to, to rate us so they can, they can find us. Leave a comment. Uh, let us know where you are. We would we would love that. Share this with others. And just remember that God is good because his plan for work is good for us. And that's a blessing. I'm Taylor. I'm Brian. And this is the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise.